Today's bulletin brought to you by Your Sound, your community of Live 90.5. National Radio News. Hello, I'm Liam O'Connell. Joe Biden has delivered a rousing denunciation of Russia's president and his invasion of Ukraine, saying the free world is determined to end the suffering of the Ukrainian people. The American president used his first State of the Union speech to promise that Vladimir Putin's violence and chaos would not extend further westwards across Europe. Mr Biden says his Russian counterpart badly miscalculated when he tried to shake the foundations of the free world. He says Mr Putin's invasion will ultimately leave Russia weaker and the rest of the world stronger. We're joining with European allies to find and seize their yachts, their luxury apartments, their private jets. We're coming for you, ill-begotten gains. And tonight, I'm announcing that we will join our allies in closing off American airspace to all Russian flights, further isolating Russia and adding additional squeeze on their economy. The flood crisis in New South Wales is now encroaching on Sydney's southwest, with residents there told to prepare to evacuate. The SES is advising residents in Chipping Norton and Milpera, rising floodwaters from the Georges River in the area might isolate the suburbs. Severe weather warnings remain in place for large swathes of the New South Wales east coast. SES Commissioner Carleen York says the floodwaters are unpredictable and people need to be prepared. Make sure you have your valuables, your documents. Make sure you, you and the family know your escape plan, how you can get out, and also any animals that might be in that area. And certainly around the Warragamba Dam, there is a lot of domestic and stock animals. Authorities in southeast Queensland say power supplies in the flood-wrecked region might not be restored until the weekend. Around 10,000 homes are still without power in the region. Energex representative Danny Donald said the continuing flood situation is making the restoration of power particularly difficult. It's not like a storm response where you can just go out as soon as the storm passes. This is just a slow and dirty process. Thinking about our equipment, it'd be like opening the back of your television, stuffing it full of mud, then screwing it back on again, and that's what we're finding when we're opening our equipment. It's expected the wider clean-up in Queensland could cost upwards of $1 billion. In Queensland, 24 people have died from COVID in the past 24 hours. More than 300 are still being treated in hospital with the virus, 26 of those in ICU. Close to 8,300 people have contracted the virus in the state overnight. Back to the crisis in Ukraine, where Russian forces have now surrounded the strategic southern city of Mariupol. The city has been regarded as a key target by separatist forces in the region, allowing Russia to establish a land corridor between the mainland and the annexed region of Crimea. The UK Ministry of Defence is reporting the city is completely encircled by Russian military hardware, with expectations of heavy conflict in coming hours. To sport and in football, Chelsea manager Thomas Tuchel has refused to answer questions about the football club's Russian billionaire owner, Roman Abramovich. It's been reported the billionaire has been asked to be a mediator between the Ukrainian and Russian governments due to his ties to the Russian president. Tuchel lost his temper in a press conference, saying he couldn't continue to comment about the horrors of war. And in rugby, Demi Hayes will share her captaining responsibility of the Australian's women's seven team with veteran Charlotte Caslick. Caslick spent 10 years with the team, debuting in 2013 and earning 37 caps. National Radio News, produced by Charles Sturt University, the Community Radio Network, and supported by the Community Broadcasting Foundation.
now for the latest weather on Alive 90.5. It's five minutes past two here on Alive 90.5. This is the business of life with Mario and Matt. And so currently we're sitting at 20.5 degrees. It's, you know, it's cold outside. We've had some weather, rainy weather going on for the last God knows how long now. It's, it's not looking pretty out there. And I've got to say there's some local warnings as well attributed to the TAFE New South Wales spokeswoman due to recent weather conditions TAFE New South Wales Richmond and TAFE New South Wales Miller will be closed this afternoon and on March 3rd TAFE New South Wales will be will post updates to its website and social media pages about when this will reopen the safety and well-being of TAFE New South Wales staff and students is at the forefront of their decision to close the campus and so unfortunately it's had to be that Today, we're not looking like it's going to be <laughs> clearing up anytime soon. It's still going to be <laughs> rainy out there. Tops of 22 degrees today. Tomorrow, tops of 25. Once again, a rainy day. And Friday is looking no different. Rainy day. Hopefully, it's going to clear up. Tops of 28 degrees. So, at least then, it's going to be slightly warmer. So, let's have our fingers crossed. Hey. <laughs> and now, on Alive 90.5, here's the latest traffic information. In Cadai, the Wiseman's Ferry Road at Little Cadai Creek Road, there's been flooding, roads closed in both directions, and it's looked like there's a lot of flooding in many areas in Glenbrook, Cadai, Schofields, Pitttown, Glenorie, so steer clear of those areas. Webb's Creek Ferry, Webb's Creek Ferry between St. Albans Road and Rivers Road, ferry's been out of service due to operational issues. Seven minutes past two here on Alive 90.5 and you're listening to The Business of Life with Mario and Matt on Alive 90.5. Mario, how are you today? Look, I'd like to start this conversation with one statement and I'm pretty sure I'm going to be spot on. I bet that somebody is manufacturing this rain, honestly, because this is not... <laughs> you're not the I, first person to yeah, tell me that. No, honestly, I truly <laughs> believe somebody manufacturing this rain because this is not normal. Like... I need to go in the library, in the bookstore after this. You know what I'm going to look for? I'm going to look for the book, you know, Dummies, Noah Ark for Dummies. Because if this continues <laughs> for another another day, I'm telling you. You know, funny thing is, like last week you said, oh, thank God, it's going to be cool, it's going to be rain. What I told you? Be careful what you wish for. Like, <laughs> going to swim here. <laughs> so far, so good, Matt, yourself? I'm good. I'm doing well, thank you. Yeah, uh, apart from the rain, you know, doing well, doing well. I'm excited for later today. Go to school coming up, but today we're very blessed with a with a guest in the studio. Truly unique guest, there. Yeah, he flew in today, and his flight got caught because of the storm up there. And yeah, right. What was it like flying up? Where did in, you fly in, from in that weather? Day? So I flew in from Brisbane. So we've just spent the last four days up there, getting flooded in and rained in. And I thought I might be coming to some clearer weather down here but I didn't bring it it sounds like you've had it before okay it was it was it was on a plane we can't serve you uh, <laughs> it's on a plane <laughs> because of turbulence so it was okay no it was okay yeah. we just had to loiter for about an hour because it was a bit of a one of the uh, airport runways is closed here at Sydney so everything ah, was packed okay. into the one strip mm. so Hesson thank you very much for finding time to okay. fly from Brisbane to Sydney because Matt was spoke to you about so highly right and in one moment, he told me, we need an entire two hours with you. I said, Matt, we never do this. He says to me, 
you're gonna be amazed and so far yeah. so good eh? so thank all you right, we'll see no pressure and so <laughs> just to clarify that is heston russell heston russell is the party leader at the australian values party and he's also he's previously served as, as special forces he's been a leader in many different areas and i would love to get a conversation about this heston how are you today hey good mate thank you and mario so much for having me on the station here 90.5 alive good about here in western sydney <laughs> is it your first time in western sydney or no well, i remember since for about 2010 till about 2019 i was based out here at holsworthy at the second commando regiment so we call that western sydney but it's a bit it's a bit closer than okay, our where can, I you, can you just Explain for me where the barracks are when you say it's close to Western Sydney because I'm not born here. Obviously, let's just yeah, <laughs> uh, Liverpool. Like, so I used to catch the train oh, to Liverpool Station. West. That's a deep west. That's yeah, <laughs> it is. It's much deeper, but either way, yes. <laughs> so, Heston, Heston, one thing that stands out to me is when I looked on the Australian Values Party like, website, you cross out the word politics, you're, you're a political party, but you highlight the word leadership. Yeah, I love to start start by that. Well, yeah, for sure. Politics has just got a, such a dirty word and connotation in our society today, isn't it? If you had to ask people if they trust politicians, if they look up to and respect politicians, uh, they'd say most people would say that it's a, it's a game and it's become a game. And you know, politics is meant to be the vocation, whereas the actual requirement is leadership. Um, and that's my personal belief, coming from being professionally trained to be a leader and training others to be a leader and everything that requires in the military system. And for instance, for quick comparison, you would have seen over the last two years and even at the moment from floods through to COVID through to everything else, how much our government has had to default to our military to support them in times of these crises. And that's because the military has a great system of training people in leadership and in planning. And it's not the be all end all, but we need more of that within those that are meant to be our highest and most elite level of leadership in this country. So for me, I'm trying to remove the cancel politics as a game, removing the politics as the primary focus of what we want in our politicians and looking for leaders, people with lived experience to show leadership in that role. So that's our, our focus first and foremost. So what is, is the definition of a true leader in your eyes, given your experience? Yep. I'm sure question. I'm sure that's you'd have question. experience with yeah. many bad leaders as well. Oh yeah, <laughs> no good. Uh, my personal definition of a leader is someone who unites people with purpose. That is pulling on the intrinsic motivations of people in order to motivate them through inspiration to a united and collective purpose. Um, when, you, when you're taught back at you know, day one, week one in the military about what makes up a leader, um, you know, weak leaders are those who rely on their authority, um, that what they have to extrinsically control um, or influence people to do something or to not do something. Whereas the art of leadership is actually motivating people through inspiration and the best form of leadership uh, is leadership by example. And the way in which a leader unites people with purpose, those bonds that form between are culture. And culture can absolutely be from the ground up and top down, but the leader is the one who sets the environment and creates the environment for culture to be either positive or negative, positive or negative, through either motivating through inspiration or controlling through authority and through fear. Wow. Mario, given your experience and, you know, you have a lot to share, I think, on this topic alone. Well, perhaps we do, you know, we come to this later, but... I just well not necessarily experience, experience, but a leader. A leader, yeah. Bouncing off what Heston, yeah. Just I agree with what Heston say, but I have the question for Heston because I truly believe that Heston 
remove the one stigmata. On my recent thesis, I submitted, I quoted something from the, some movie, I think it's a Vikings, and um, it's, it's a true statement, it says, politics attracts the worst, corrupts the best. Mm-hmm. But you, my friend, you just remove that one. Because honesty in you, you know, and as you say, politics, it, it is the game of, you know, like many aspects of the life. And everybody has a transition from the normal life to the politics. But what actually make you to become politician? What well, is the main reason that you become politician? Yeah, I think the primary reason for me was I just got too sick of sitting and standing on the sideline and saying how things should be done. And again, I spent 16 years in the military with that foundation of that leadership training I just spoke about beforehand. And if you're not willing to step up and take action to do what needs to be done when it's needed, um, then sitting on the sidelines and commenting and commentating while others contribute is going to be your life. And uh, yeah, it's just so hard to, particularly the last two years, I really got heavily involved in campaigning for mental health and suicide prevention as I lost oh, okay. more of my guys to, yeah. to suicide than I lost in four deployments to Afghanistan with the Special Forces. And uh, I spent a lot of time in Canberra meeting with politicians from all parties and all sides of government, campaigning and literally walking door to door, getting them to sign, uh, sorry, getting them to agree to the motion for the conduct of a Royal Commission into Defence and Veteran Suicide. And I got to see good people controlled by big political parties um, with staff members preparing notes for them, answering their emails for them, doing all of those things that help to provide this layer upon layer of inauthenticity and removal from what's actually going on the ground. I got to see infighting with party factions against each other, but then I got to see them come out and pre- with lovely prepared press statements and media releases, and it was just the most inauthentic thing I've ever seen. And then when we look around at today's society and see all these other issues we have from, um, you know, identity politics through to um, people call it woke, people call it whatever, all these different seesawing between left and radical right-wing extremism, it comes from not having a purpose that leaders are pulling us up to because their purpose is to get elected and to, um, you know, keep funneling and fueling their own political machines. If, so I, that's, if I can, just just yeah. a quick one on this, Matt. Again, you surprised me, right? And i tell you why. why is, why is that. I can't name the person in the studio, but his first letter, his name is uh, Matthew Caruana. <laughs> and uh, he's a benchmark for me for the one reason. And come back for the past two years, yep. we uh, we were all witnessed that something new for us, you know, the lockdown, yep. whatever you want to call. And yet, a lot of people were very brave behind the screen. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a strategy. Everybody's going to be the leader. Everybody needs knows what needs to be done. But why involving the Matthew Caruana? For simple reason, while everybody was hiding at home, you know, I know that Matthew was coming in studio with me here and he was trying to cheer up the people. Yeah. And the mentally people being challenged. Now yet what you show displaying is not a courage. It's 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 something unique that you step up and you saw with your own eyes mm. how society functioning. And the by default saying this in, in, on the radio makes unique and I truly wish everybody come to join you what do you think Matthew Carano absolutely I couldn't agree more I think it's a good point to take a quick short break on that yeah if you want to if you want to if you want to talk to Heston Heston Russell dot com I'm going to spell on my English you help him Matt H-E-S-T-O-N R-U 
S S E L L double L sorry dot com correct am I correct that's it yeah sorry my English all no good, good. No good. <laughs> <You're> good. <laughs> and, and make sure you check out AustralianValues.org.au as well stick around guys we're going to take a quick short break Alive 90.5 You are listening to Alive 90.5 What's on at Workers? Enjoy free live music every Saturday night at Workers Blacktown Every Saturday night and Sunday afternoon at Workers Sports And every Sunday afternoon at Workers Humitus Plus enjoy a full range of dining facilities Visit the website at www.workersclub.com.au for the full music schedule, plus plenty of other activities including raffles, bingo, promotions and fun events. Workers is your club. Station sponsor. Hexagon Home Loans is your trusted mortgage broker. We focus on providing you with personal service and expert advice to help you find the home loan which best suits your requirements. Ranging from first home loans, refinancing, investment home loans, self-employed home loans, debt consolidation and SMSF loans. With a large network of lending institutions at our fingertips, we can assist you in making a well-informed decision that will save you time and money. Call us on 1300 562 649. Australian Credit Licence 504481. Station sponsor. Tastes like strawberries on a summer evening And it sounds just like a song I want more berries and that summer feeling It's so wonderful and warm Breathe me in, breathe me out I don't know if I could ever go without I'm just thinking out loud I don't
something new in 2022 with the Parramatta College. Term 1 courses are open for enrolment and include business and work skills, computer skills, leisure and lifestyle, languages. The Parramatta College also offer New South Wales government funded courses. Eligibility criteria applies. Improve your personal and professional development with the Parramatta College. Enrol today. Call 9687 2072. That's 9687 2072. Or visit parramattacollege.edu.au. We're Invictus Partners, an Australian company specialising in checking software usage across the major vendors like SAP, Oracle, IBM, Microsoft and VMware. Are you looking to reduce your software fees? Are you worried about being audited? Are you migrating to the cloud? Do you need help working out your software usage versus entitlements? Contact us at Invictus Partners today before you get hit with a compliance fine. Go to www.invictuspartners.com to arrange a no-obligation discussion to see how we can help you. Station sponsor. Twenty-two minutes past two on the live ninety point five. This is the business of life with Mario and Matt, and we're here with Heston Russell live in studio, who flew in from Brizzy to be here today with us and with you all live in studio. So imagine that courage. He was on a plane today, which I just checked on. He was like of all days to be with us today, and that plane was going up and down like a roller coaster. <laughs> and, then he, and then he comes in deep west of Sydney with us. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I love this country. Now, Heston is ex-Special Forces. Um, um, what would you call it? What's your actual role? So I, I retired. As, I was a commander. I was a Special commander. Forces officer. Special um, Forces officer. Yeah. As a commando, yeah. And yep. I think, okay, so I think I briefly mentioned to you prior to this interview, I, I used to have a dream when I was a kid before my injury of being a commando. Yep. That was on my bucket list and I, I should really want it. It was a goal of mine, this yep. vision of being you know, just on the front line. Just, yeah, I, I don't know. Just for some reason, I viewed commando as the epitome of what a man is. I yeah. don't know why. But what's beneath that and beneath the role of a commando is someone who's a true leader. I believe no one is more qualified than you to be undertaking what you're going for given your new Australian Values Party. Through what was your experience like in the military as the, as a leader? Well, it's funny, Matt. I, I sort of came from a, a similar place as you. I grew up in a defence family and I, you know, always wanted to be special forces and then I saw what being a commando was and the epitome of being a man and all of that in between. And uh, the key thing I've taken away from my commando career is actually the mindset that comes with it. The key part about being a commando and training our special forces is... Uh, in the last year of my career was running our selection course, we break down people in those selection courses to reveal their true uh, emotional selves. We, you know, through physical duress, through food and sleep deprivation, through isolating them, so many conditions that people could probably parallel during COVID lockdowns and whatnot at that emotional level to reveal what their true and intrinsic purpose is. And then we spend the next 12 months training them in whatever we need to train them. But the key part is we pick the right people based on who they are at the personal level and then train them to do anything because our job is to potentially solve any problem anywhere in the world at any time. So you need to be able to approach things with a mindset that isn't fixed in how to think, uh, in what to think, it's how to think and how to break down problems and appreciate that you need people around you and working with you to do that. And that's been my job the entire time was to build special teams and go and complete special missions and that's kind of what I'm trying to do right here and right now. So, because... 
because I mean, given the commando role, when yeah. you're put under physical, mental, emotional pressure, all that like all that stress in those situations, what do you find people tend to do? Well, this is it. So when we run the special forces, the commando selection course, 80 to 90 percent of the people on that course, so of the 100 or 120 people who start. 80 to 90% of them will withdraw themselves at own request. You get given a form at the start of the course and you literally write on there, I wish to withdraw. You know, we send them out for three days with 60 kilos on their back to walk 100 kilometres and they'll come back saying, you know, I've thought about this, my wife's about to have a baby, this isn't for me, so on and so forth. And we provide them with the environment that allows them to self-select and decide if it's what they really, really, really want. And then we turn it up, we turn it up, we turn it up. And then we start testing and training them from there. And so now, given, let's say, the last two years with this whole COVID situation as well, yep. there's been no time like now that politicians have been put under a lot of mental, maybe emotional stress as well. Maybe not necessarily physically, but yep. that pressure has been there. And what's been your observation of that? Well, it's the, it's actually the, the Australian small business owners and those people in this country who've had to not only look after themselves during this extreme time of uncertainty, but also their families and then also those of their staff, particularly when they own the company or they're the small business owner, they're the people I take my hat off to in this country because they have had to deal with not only the uncertainty of COVID, but the uncertainty of federal and state politics, the uncertainty of are they going to be able to you know, support their staff, let alone themselves. And you've really got to see, I have a saying, the true test of culture and the true test of people is under crisis. You know, people don't rise to the occasion, they default to their level of training and they default to their true and authentic personality because there's no room for inauthenticity otherwise. And uh, I think COVID in particular has really shown the fractures and fault lines in our political system where we don't have politicians who know how to work together and conduct strategic planning they shoot from the hip with knee-jerk reactions. They pander to the me the media and don't have the strength of their conviction to make longer-term decisions based on the actual people they're supporting, removing commercial, economic, all these other factors that would otherwise support their party policies and preferences over the other. And that's where we've just really seen that, you know, in particular, having a look at the fractures between the states and the federal layers of government... Um, that's been the part that's impacted our lives the most. We've literally been unable to travel between states in this country, but we're all Australian citizens, all with one passport. Mm, wow. I mean, <laughs> given, I mean, just given the pressure that, ever, oh, geez, that audio, given the pressure that everyone's been under, mm -hmm. how have you been able to take care of yourself, though? Well, I really struggled. Um, Come when COVID hit the start of 2020, I literally <laughs> landed back from the US on the first flight that we had to go into mandatory self-isolation. And I just broken up from my partner and we spent uh, the next five weeks, two weeks of our own isolation, a week off, then the national um, lockdown together. And uh, he'd already moved on romantically. And so, I was, so, yeah. So <laughs> just like me. <laughs> okay, let me try this. Yeah. So you break up with your partner, yep. right? But you landed together in Sydney. Yep. And before you landed, you break up, but then you landed up five weeks together in quarantine together. Yes. And he was already <laughs> speaking to uh, someone he liked on his <laughs> FaceTime in his spare room in the other room. Uh, it, was, it was death. It was terrible. Uh, it was, that must be a terrifying experience. You know? I mean, That's like, resilience. Imagine you're, uh, you, go, you go with, you know, yeah. like, like yeah. Mr. Goals, you know what I mean, overseas, you go with your partner, you know what I mean, mm -hmm. and then you break up before you come back and then you go 
together in quarantine. Yeah. You're in, locked uh, together. Locked, locked together for weeks, for weeks, but he's texting somebody else. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> let's go watch TV together. Face, oh face. my God, sorry, brother. You're sorry. Right. No, no. <laughs> FaceTiming someone else. And that's, that was the, the greatest insight for me was I have, yeah. I've, been, I've deployed to Afghanistan four times. I've deployed to Iraq. I've done all these sorts of yeah. things that required all forms of yeah. physical courage and whatnot. And that was the lowest I've ever been emotionally. It literally you know, hurt the most. I had to go into my room and practice the breathing exercises and all of this that I'd been trained during my special forces selection to help calm my emotions and my feelings. I'd never felt that way. And then at the same time, I had a business across the street with my sister, like a, a juice shop, a juice bar that we were told we had to close down and, you know, had all those regulations, which again, I found so laughable because my last deployment to Iraq, 2016-17, you know, we had to take gas masks, we had to take the full as if we needed to operate in a nuclear or biological threat. And then I was being told by some politician in an ivory tower that I wasn't able to look after my 60 square metre juice shop with my sister and abide by all the regular health regulations that any adult would be able to comply by. So, you know, there's this, that, that whole period that I got to experience those at a very personal level. And as we've spoken about, Matt, um, August 2020, I, I developed my own plan to, to take my own life. I had my own suicidal ideation and um so can i interrupt you there like yeah you know i, I apologize for laughing to you this is not uh no you, we have to we have to laugh yeah. we don't laugh enough these days Look, i I, <laughs> I can come from my angle right you know, yeah and you know we don't have the same background but you know we share some experiences and you know common for military but one thing i always come back you know you can be brave and, and courageous as much as you want. Mm. However, when it comes to the something very personal, emotions, yeah. it breaks you to pieces. And there is no way anybody can explain to me, like, you know, okay, I say from my point of view, I never received a training, never in my life, for fucking 14 years in military, right? Never has been told how to handle personal breakdowns, mm -hmm. including emotions. So apologies for laughing to your experience, but, but, it's like, You're good. but tell me, why did you decide to take your life? What, what, what happened? You know I mean, like you have yeah. the impressive record. See, this is what makes unique and Matt as well talking about his case and you. I'm sorry, taking yeah. out too much time. You're right. But the point is that people always hiding the truth about themselves and everybody projecting in public what they want to be seen and heard, right? Yeah. So I'm the tough, I'm the rough, I'm the this and that, I'm rich, look at me, Dubai, first class, whatever it is. But yeah. yet you have no problem to speak publicly. I mean, being in Iraq, Afghanistan, special forces, unfortunately being locked up with, with ex-boyfriend in the room <laughs> for five weeks, but then you have no problem to say, I was on an edge to take my life. Yeah. Why is that? Well, exactly as you just said, Mario, we particularly in this modern day of social media and everything else in between, we put layers upon layers of inauthenticity upon ourselves. Um, for me, my whole career, I'd always been responsible for people. I'd always been a leader of 30 to up to 100 people. And um, having that responsibility is what I actually call one of the greatest proactive layers of resilience um, because any problem that could hit you personally gets stopped by the responsibility you have for those others before you. And... Uh, when it came to this time, um, I had lost all of that. And as opposed to, for the first time in my life, going to others to solve my problem, whereas previously I pride myself on everyone else bringing their problem to me and being able to help and support them, I hadn't ever practiced that. 
you know, muscle memory, repetition, everything else in between. I never practiced that. And even my own family, I've always been the go-to person, you know, come from divorced parents, whatnot. I've always got along with all sides. Yeah. And uh, when it came to my time, um, I was actually sitting there in my Sydney apartment and I got a message about one of my soldiers who had tried to take his own life. He'd tried to overdose himself with his son sitting in the back room and my headset just went to thinking, why is this going on? And the craziest part for me was it didn't come from a place of despair or sadness or misery. Um, for, for a long time, this issue of veteran suicide had been ticking away quietly without getting any attention and people just thinking it's a combat-related issue. Mm-hmm. Whereas it's not, there's so many failings in the system that could be fixed tomorrow. And instead, I all of a sudden switched back into my military mindset as if I was planning a mission to go outside the wire with my guys and decided that me taking my own life with the social media presence and the networks I already had would be enough of a shock to the system to bring this up above the detection threshold for awareness where it was needed. And I literally sat there and planned everything um, from how I was going to drop my dog down to my sister and all that else. And then as the story goes, I have a, I have a two and a half year old sausage dog and uh, sausage. he literally walked up his little ramp because you look up at the back and uh, came and put his head on my leg because it was time to feed him. And again, that responsibility cut through to me in my little moment of... I was there for about half an hour. I wrote an email. I wrote everything that I wanted one of the senators to read out. And that's where I sort of went, you know, why are you handing this over to someone else to do and hope that it gets the cut through? It's now your responsibility to use this. How old are you? Uh, 34. 34. Yep. You know, I never expected in my life I'm going to talk to people who plan their death. Mm-hmm. Not suicide. Let's go, you know, unwrap this word suicide. Suicide is a beautiful definition for people take their life. But when Matthew Caruana told me about his plan, and he executed, right? Mm-hmm. And now you're telling how you planned, you know. I think it must be a very painful experience for anybody, but as well it takes a lot of courage to continue life. Like a Matt, because mm-hmm. Matthew, when he told me, he was in hospital, and the first thought he he shared with me and he said, Mario, I was thinking I was the biggest failure because I couldn't take my life. Yeah. And then you done the bravest thing. You said, like, why would I give the letter to somebody work with this problem and you would have that courage, you know what I mean, to mm-hmm. smash to that obstacle and continue working. I just admire you, Heston, seriously admire you. I think the people should listen to you more than Matt, you know what I mean, because that's a true raw experience when everybody's hiding themselves behind the yeah. screens and drinks and booze and everybody believe that problem is going to be fixed by somebody yeah and i don't think do you agree with me yeah you took that responsibility now on you your new mission to help people who need most and yeah, i think the hardest thing to get over was the shame to start off with you why shame mm-hmm. you can imagine so you know i was fully energized by realizing what I needed to do in that moment. But then all of a sudden you sit and go, in order to do that, I have to admit that I've got to this place. I have to admit that I was going to do this. You know, I have to go to my mother and say, you know, I was thinking about taking my own life. My sister, all those people who I liked the way they held me on a pedestal. I liked the way that they looked up to me. And um, the most incredible part and Matt, I'd be keen to hear from you because it sounds like you went through exactly the same piece, Mm. is the more people that I spoke to, the more people who felt like they finally had permission to talk about how they were actually struggling 
and how they might have already been struggling and actually made them to start thinking about when they went, holy cow, you know, you're someone that I had on a pedestal and for you to admit that you've been struggling gives me permission to. And that's been that difficult place of then carrying that forward with responsibility as opposed to turning that into... Can I tell you something? Like what I say, <clears throat> Matt, Matthew Caruana, I'm hijacking the word from Matthew Caruana all the time. Good. <laughs> but it's very personal, somebody very close to my heart, you know, part of me was going to some type of you know, obviously considering contemplating how to end a life. Mm-hmm. And I come to Matt and say, Matt, I'm fighting all these things, right? And uh, one of the days, last couple of weeks, I was in that room, you know, that person sleeps, and there was engraving under the feet, you know, on the, on the, <laughs> on the frame, time to die. And I said, like, what is that? I never saw this before. He said, I was just choosing the time just to go. And I was like, crush it anyway but i've got a just i've i've got a question like but before i ask that i couldn't agree with you more by you sharing you've become an invitation for people to actually start talking about how they may be struggling mm-hmm. you've created a space where it's now okay to start talking about their personal struggles naturally in society we don't want to do that typically though you've now taken down that wall by being the example and the leader by showing them how but I'm curious why did you feel the need to then approach your mother your family your loved ones mm. because most people they not only don't feel the need they don't want to yeah I, think, I mean you've done exactly the same man. and I think the key part for us talking about this is to also make sure that as you take down that wall you get ready for the next one which is when people in this current society you know are pushed to turn into that trauma and to be a victim and to be constantly looked at like they need support as opposed to being empowered by achieving that deepest level of vulnerability and authenticity for me i think because i was being so inauthentic with carrying all those troubles i owed it to those who were closest to me to be truly transparent and authentic with them first and foremost you know, the last thing I wanted was particularly realizing the mission that I needed to gaining media awareness or whatever I needed to do to get attention to this issue. The last thing I wanted was for my mother to read it in a blog or on a newspaper article or see it on the news um, before I'd had the chance to sit down and speak to her about it. Wow. And, um, you know, that was one of the hardest things because you, you go into those conversations thinking, you know, will mum think that she's failed in some way and all of this, whereas you never, I'd never enabled her to do that. I think it's very important to say right here and now because this is some pretty emotional stuff that, you know, people will say, call Lifeline and do all that. For me, go call someone who you haven't spoken to beforehand. At the moment, there are so many people with everything that's going on in the world who feel small, insignificant, hopeless and in despair and literally don't text them. Call someone to say, hey, how you doing? I was listening to this. It really made me want to talk about this, this and this. I think that's powerful Look, in itself. Before we end up, you know, like this is like I'm just quiet. I have many questions and I'm listening. I'm soaking in. I try to absorb all of this because this topic is very serious. It's a, it's a life itself. Mm-hmm. And everyone loves to talk about life in a, in a great positive way, energy and everything else. But we are all facing obstacles. No question asked. But most, most of people forget one thing. We are not a jar of Nutella to make everybody happy. 
if we are not happy, how we can make our life world happy, right? Do you agree with me? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. Absolutely. Yeah, so like, you know, the Heston and Matt, you know yeah. the general teller I am, so like, you're listening live. <laughs> the business of life with the Matt and Mario. Thank you, Heston Russell, for being today with us in the studio. We take a short break. Yep, stick around, guys. We'll be glad you did. SE Timbers Castle Hill are flooring experts. Not just flooring, SE Timbers supply, install and guarantee solid timber, engineered, laminate and vinyl flooring as well as carpet blinds and shutters. An authorised dealer of major brands like Borel, Preference and Quickstep. Call 9894-6660 or visit setimbers.com.au to arrange a free quote today. Station sponsor, SE Timber Floors and Shutters, ingrained quality. We are Invictus Partners, an Australian company specialising in checking software usage across the major vendors like SAP, Oracle, IBM, Microsoft and VMware. Are you looking to reduce your software fees? Are you worried about being audited? Are you migrating to the cloud? Do you need help working out your software usage versus entitlements? Contact us at Invictus Partners today before you get hit with a compliance fine. Go to www.invictuspartners.com to arrange a no-obligation discussion to see how we can help you. Station sponsor. Grar Estate Agents understand that selling your home is one of the most important financial decisions you'll ever make. With award-winning teams in the hills, their service goes above and beyond any other to create great results and lifelong relationships to deliver the best possible result. Brett Humby of McGrath Estate Agents will unlock value in your home you never knew existed. To realise more and experience the McGrath Advantage with Brett Humby, head to mcgrath.com.au or search Brett Humby today. Station sponsor. Live 90.5. Yeah, want that thing is so do up. Baby, baby, don't stop. It's so do up.
90.5. We are the Insight Intelligence Group, specialising in Australian corporate investigations and information risk management, workplace investigations, competitor analysis, social media intelligence, reputational risk management, internal or external investigations. Professional and proactive, Insight Intelligence Group works with you to ensure the success of the investigation. Australia-wide or global, facts, not opinion. 02882-9837. InsightIntelligence.com. Station sponsor. We all know that paying for a funeral can be a financial burden. However, have you ever thought of paying off a prepaid funeral? With none of the ongoing premiums that is associated with funeral insurance, $1,000 can get you started. Hills Family Funerals, a family-owned and operated business of 35 years, can make it easier for you. Call 02-9659-0900, ask for Richard Spiteri, or speak to one of the friendly staff members to learn how. Get assistance today. Call Hills Family Funerals, station sponsor. Every year, one in five Australians, friends, family or work colleagues will experience some form of mental illness. Open Your Mind is an initiative of Australian Rotary Health, a charity dedicated to funding mental health research. With your help, we can continue to fund many important projects that will contribute to the prevention and treatment of mental illnesses that impact so many lives. Open your mind to mental health and make a difference today. Just Google Open Your Mind. It's 13 minutes to three on a live 90.5. You're listening to The Business of Life with Mario and Matt, your sound, your community. And we're live with Heston Russell, who flew in all the way from Brizzy. I mean, to fly throughout this weather. And it's your fault because it's raining. Last <laughs> week, you complained how it's hot, how it's sticky. I can't do this, you know, the cheeks, you know, I don't want to drive the car, my air conditioner work. <laughs> now we have the flood, man. Like, <laughs> it's literally... Asking I truly, you soon, Yeah, right? truly admiring the, 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 the Heston coming from the Brisbane, which is as well equally wet if it's not more. <laughs> well, I've left the rain to come here to yours. I just followed it. Look, I, but well. it's like, thank you for coming today. And Matt, please take it all. We'll take it yeah. Away. So Heston, we had a really heavy chat in that last segment, though... One thing that, that you shared that really stood out to me, when you were prepared to take your own life, yet everything planned out, mapped out, everything was mm-hmm. in order, and then your puppy came over to you, <laughs> came onto your leg, yep. that sense of responsibility, yeah. what did that then mean for you and show you in terms of values? Well, I've had a lot of time to contemplate on this, and particularly the last two years then working a lot within the veteran community and better understanding this. And during the break, we spoke about, you know, even calls to, um, you know, help centres. And we've all seen during COVID, we've had more young people calling Lifeline than ever in our nation's history. And just appreciating that, you know, clinical intervention is there as a, as a great support, but it should be the last means of resort. And what we're missing, particularly as we've been so isolated, is that community connection when you have a connection to someone else or to something else to a purpose that provides you with a responsibility you heard me say previously that responsibility is that first proactive layer of resilience that stops those issues in its tract 
and suicide and the, the mental health decline to that ultimately comes down to a place where people don't feel there's any hope. They don't see a future for themselves, they don't have a purpose, they don't have a hope. And the best way that I've ever found to break away from that and make sure that people have that safety net of hope is connection through others, community, and if the next level through that purpose provide that additional layer of responsibility so they have two layers of resilience. They have people around them that they have emotional connection with and then they have a purpose that makes them feel responsible to themselves and to others as well. I mean, that layer of purpose yep. and responsibility, I think, with anyone, I think is going to be the driving force of our life. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be that driving force to overcome any barrier because now that reason why, that purpose, it's going to prevail. Yeah, absolutely. I really want to break... So many people talk about resilience, you know? You could imagine, with the whole special forces background, so many people like to ask me about resilience. And people say, you know, it's, it's how you get up from when you fall back down. And I, I say, sure, you know, if, if, if that's the way you've developed resilience. But for me, I have seen how effective proactive resilience can be. For example, you know, on missions over in Afghanistan with my guys, I was the platoon commander. I had a team of 44. And, you know, if I had an injury, if I had fitness, if I was tired, if I was hungry, like none of that mattered as long as my team was good to go. And once that they were fed and they had slept and they were good to go, then, it could, then I could. And then we had the mission on top of that for all of us. And I just remember my mindset over there. I never felt emotional. I never felt stressed. I never felt any of those things that here and now today I get sitting behind a computer because I always had a community around me, my team, and I had a purpose that helped me to thrive beyond that. And every problem I had was always in the perspective of others and the purpose we were there for. Whereas here and now and in regular Australian society where it's so much about I, 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 me, 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 everything comes straight to you and everything attaches straight to you emotionally and everything is, you know, how you knock down from getting back up. It's like, I can honestly say I went 16 years of my career of never getting knocked down because I had those walls of resilience up in front of me. And here and now today, what we do is we keep isolating ourselves and not having others around us and not connecting with that purpose hard enough to provide that proactive resilience. And I think first and foremost, as opposed to recovering from mental health, being more proactive in how we help to prevent mental health and work on our mental fitness through that sort of mindset I just spoke about then is, is one of the best safeguards I've ever found in my career. Can, can I add something on this? You know, mm-hmm. I'm just listening now, Heston, and together along with you. And everyone loves to talk about uh, resilience. Yeah. Everybody's expert about resilience. Just enroll my course, it's uh, $55 per week, <laughs> and <laughs> after four <laughs> weeks, you're going to be most resilient leader on the planet. <clears throat> just subscribe my website mariobekers.com.au drop on site <laughs> but that's that's how I see like you know isn't that truth you know like everybody offering this resilience course says you can't learn resilience in course it's about life lesson but what I'm hearing from the Heston and this is a true statement of resilience which you displaying today here I truly believe that resilience is the act of courage mm-hmm. when you face the obstacles you know, I, I don't go with uh, that part with the Heston, and uh, I know when I was involved in the combat and everything else, nobody told me about resilience. And if somebody told me he's not afraid in a war, like I was, I you know, <laughs> there was many opportunities and ways, but you build resilience when you face the obstacles. And today we're talking about suicide, about you know, war hero here in the studio with us who has a courage facing obstacles, go out, be the voice for the veterans, prevent the suicide, 
and most importantly being in the studio with Mario Beckes. That's, <laughs> that's, 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 that's the key part there. <laughs> because that's like, thank you for translating him, Matt, you know what I mean? The, 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 the sign, you know what I mean? Language, so that's why it's... <laughs> yeah. But yeah, th- that's how I've seen you, Heston. And this is not praising, I don't know you. I, I, I don't know nothing about you, you know, like one thing is we're reading the bio. But I say that's the courage. And anybody says differently, you know, they know where they can find me. <laughs> Um, because everybody try to be something what is really not and everybody try to offer knowledge about things they never experienced. Yeah. Suicide, resilience and so I'm truly admiring you man, seriously. No, thanks Mario. So So thank you, we take a short break now. <laughs> 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 yeah. When it comes to resilience though, as a leader, mm. is it okay for you because you mentioned when you're out like w- when you were deployed and like you in the most probably stressful situation that anyone like, in normal day-to-day society could really picture. I, 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 me personally, I can't imagine what it's like to be in war. As much as I wanted to be a commander at one stage, yeah. I've never been in that position. I mean, Mario can probably picture what it's like. I mean, he's obviously been in war. He has his history. Yeah. And you obviously have your like wealth of life, life experience. But when you were in that situation uh-huh. where you didn't feel emotional stress or nothing, nothing like that yeah is it okay for a leader to feel stressed and emotional good question careful what you answer now yeah. my young apprentice yeah good good <laughs> i like this uh we all have emotions and this is actually one of the biggest mario touched on it beforehand one thing the military is fantastic at doing is actually um helping to compartmentalize your emotions and the reason why so many veterans fail during the transition process, and I know it personally, is because I've never actually uncompartmentalized, unboxed, unpackaged those emotions and how to actually react and deal with emotions. Outside of having passion for something and putting your energy into that, actually dealing with you know real human emotions. Like I ended up leaving the military because I fell in love. I'd never felt that before. I felt personal satisfaction. Um, so... I can't actually speak with expert lived experience from that time in there because I didn't have... I had frustrations with higher commanders and things like that, but particularly on deployment when there's a threat right there and right then or it's a six-month deployment, like you can compartmentalise your emotions layer upon layer. You know, I can deal with my own stuff when I get back. The hardest part is actually for the leaders these days whose personal lives in the corporate world are so mixed in with their professional lives. You know, I was able to completely separate my personal life from my professional life, especially being deployed, there's layer upon layer of separation. And that's the way it's designed to help us to focus on what's going on. You know, can, I have, I, can I just yeah. cut you there off? Because again, Do I it. have the inspiration, I have the Eureka moment. Yeah. Uh, again, as I say, Hester and I, we don't know each other. And I don't know nothing about Australian Army. I don't know about nothing about training. And as I said, like, I, I can't judge or, you know, make myself intimate with the, with, the, with the Australian Army any shape or form. Yeah. But one thing I can say, I truly believe that you should be some way and teach politicians being humble like you, yeah. being shamed that experience. Look, I can, I can, one thing can relate to you, like I know, you know, during the war, you know, it was a different situation than Heston, but we have a politicians come with the MI8, you know, choppers, you know, this come all these journals and everything else, and then will say to me, Mario, like, you know, your company's gonna take it that village, village is on top of the mountain. Now, like, it doesn't make a sense, you know, we tried this, you know, a few, <laughs> few months ago, it's, it, no, we need to record for the news and cause the casualties. And every time, you know, and Heston, you're gonna laugh this, 
honestly. <laughs> I have a general, so we sit in the operation room, and uh, I put a compass, I said, like, okay, so where's artillery, you know, the north, and generals couldn't show the north on the yeah. map. Yeah. You know how to use the map and compass, right? Yeah. And I said, like, so, like, how are you going to cover us, you know what I mean, the barrage and... It's like, you know, just figure out, you know, but you generally told me to take this village, you know what I mean? The artillery is a freaking like a six kilometers away, you know what I mean? Like on a different side of the wall. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm hitting the Heston. Mm. And I truly, I really, I'm saying this, I can, I don't have the nothing from this interview with you. I want everybody to understand, either Matthew Caruana or myself, we are not paid. I really wish that many politicians can hear you today mm. to learn from you how to be humble and how to understand the voices of the ordinary people. Well, Briar, that's how I sort of got onto this journey. I literally, this last year, after we saw, I, we spoke about those issues that I saw, the perfect job I wanted to do was to set up some form of a training organisation to actually help politicians once they're in. It's a great thing how anyone can be elected, but there's no professional development for it. But the big parties and all that, they like the way they do things. And the only way you can really do things in Australia that likes to tear down people when they put their head up or their hand up is to get in there and show them a different way and then hopefully to put a process in place through demonstrating it first. So that's a large part about what we're doing and even the Australian Values Party, you'll see our very first policy on our policies page is our workforce policy that requires mm. mandatory drug and alcohol testing for politicians and their staff annual leadership training and planning training based off so many of the modules that I used to teach and many of my peers can still teach. Fitness and nutrition education and a routine during parliament sitting weeks, 360 degree reporting. These are all things that I just used to do every single day, every single week, every single year within the special forces community that helped me to have that cohesive, authentic team and be my very best and just bring it into a system. Wow. Heston, before we go take the break, quick question for you. Okay, you stand for your values. That's the name of your party. Mm -hmm. Australian Party of the Values. Mm -hmm. Australian Values Party. Australian Values Party. Yeah. Value party. Doesn't matter, I prefer my way. Anyway, yeah. the, <laughs> <laughs> the point is, what you're Heston, so like you have the values, but imagine somebody comes to you and say like, okay, you get a uh, spot in federal parliament, no yep. worries, you're going to get a good salary, plus you're going to finance your training, but don't, don't, don't raise your head. We give you everything what you need. What would you say? Mario, I learned the last few years that making money does not make you happy. And I could not live with myself. The whole thing about even raising a political party was I cannot live with myself for the next three years if I don't do something now. And you don't need to pay me to be a politician. You can keep it. I, as long as I can go home to my sausage dog and be happy, I'm sweet. <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> I 